Remember DVDs? Yeah. <laughs> I printed up DVDs of, uh, like, we recorded uh, at Davies. There's still, I'm sure when that place is burning down, there were feathers underneath that stage. Oh, that's they just hilarious. Two, two feather pillows open. And immediately in the beginning of the pillows. Like, <coughs> I was in there, Michelle was like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you start pushing them under the stage. Exactly. <laughs> oh. All right, big city, yeah. Kansas City. How you feeling? Welcome to Center Cuts. I am your host, Patrick Spray, and today we are here with Bill Sundahl, Development Director at KKFI. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing fantastic. Thank is, you. Is that your correct title? That is correct. God dang it. it. I mean, you've done so many things. We were just saying, I probably should have clarified that. Oh, is that now? <laughs> <laughs> I answer to a lot. Of I know, things, I know. <laughs> Happy to have you here today in the home of Chris Mary, producer. What's up, Chris? Hello. Chris has got some battle scars from the uh, wrestling match mm. last weekend at Lemonade Park. I fought the sun and lost. Yeah, you. well, there's no shade out there, right? Via DQ. Uh, no, there's no shade, really. They brought the ring, but no, like, big top? No, like, tent and lights for mm, you? No, 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 no. Well, okay. we didn't need lights. It was bright and sunny. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing some of those videos. Yeah. Uh, today is August 31st on the eve of September. We are episode number 26. And uh, we're going to change our release schedule a little bit. Bill has organized, well, he's the founder of Crossroads Music Festival, organized this thing for, this is the 17th year, right? Yep. And that will be next weekend, not this coming weekend, September 11th. Yeah. It's always the Saturday after Labor Day, it's, correct? Yeah, it's the weekend after Labor Day. That's always... Okay. Irish Fest is just too big to mess with. You know, right. Yeah. Right. against that. September's just busy. <sighs> yes. Uh, me. So we have pulled him away from his busy, busy desk and life and family here to try to squeeze this puppy in before the festival. And as we always do, we want to talk a little bit about our calendar. And anything on your calendar, Bill, besides the fest? Maybe I should ask you that. You could also, you could also plug the fest, too, though. Well, well, or we're just very polite. I'll listen to what you guys got going on, and then I might just go to those shows. Do you want to do that? Chris, do you know what's up? Uh, I do sort of know what is up. Um, let's see here. Um, at well, I, I got a lot of stuff for Lemonade Park and Record Bar. Uh, Lemonade Park on the eighth of September. We are showing No Country for Old Men. That movie rules, Ooh, and it'll be awesome outside. Real. Hey, pause just for one second because mm-hmm. I experienced my first movie-going experience at Lemonade last week for the Bridges playback. Yeah. Where they were celebrating their 20th anniversary with a couple performances, but then mm-hmm. some artists, they had recorded some artists in iconic spaces around Kansas City doing cover songs yeah. from artists 20 years ago, but I'd never actually seen a film out there. Yeah. I didn't know how you projected it, but that's like a, is that an inflatable screen? Yeah, inflatable screen uh, that uh, Screenline Armor is letting us use in their projector, 4K projector. It looks really nice. So I had one cocktail, all right, one and a half. Yeah. And it wasn't until about the third film, it's billowing in the wind. So as you're watching it, it's kind of going in and out. It's a pretty psychedelic experience. It does. Yeah. So it depends on how windy it is down there, but uh, the West Bottoms get pretty windy. It so. was cool. Yeah. So No Country for Old Men is next Thursday? Wednesday. Oh, next, it's always on Wednesday. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, the 8th. 
Um, and then we have, of course, Crossroads Music Fest on the 11th. Uh, Amigo the Devil at Record Bar. Uh, it's nearly sold out. Um, it's a really cool artist. Um, I guess you would call it Whiskey Murder Folk. Mm. A little punk. Be playing that with there. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, then the movie the following week is free. That's right. I said free. And you can go see live at Pompeii at um, Lemonade Park. Um, what else we got here? Get Up Kids on the 17th at Lemonade Park. Kind of that surprised be a that good is one. not sold out. It is. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on now. Yeah. Hey, so. What's the date of the Liam Kazar, Paris, and Shy Boys? That is the... Why am I not seeing it on here? Oh, I see it. It's September 23rd. Sorry. We'll have another... Well, we may have another episode before then. Okay. Just wanted to mention that. Yeah, it is the 23rd. It's not on my schedule. That's something I need to get sorted. Super excited for that, Chris. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Um, Yeah, Liam Kazar, Shy Boys, Paris Williams. That'll be a great show. Um, I need to get that added to the schedule. Thanks for saying that because I was like, yeah, it looks like something's missing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then record bar is back in full swing. Yeah, man. Like all, I most of these are record bar. What's the color things. coding for there? Uh, so record bar is in red, yellow is lemonade park, mini bar is in blue. And then mini bar kicks off full this next month, September, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, jeez. The third, there's a show. The fourth, there's a show. Um, show on the twenty first. Show on the twenty third. Show at the twenty fifth. Yeah, it's all going to start happening again. And then from what I understand, the gentleman that was creating the craft sodas now is going Fancies. to... Fancy sodas? Yeah. He's staying on as... Yeah, he's uh, going to like yeah help bar manage and stuff there. And uh, uh, Fancy's been going well, so they're going to keep it going. And then upstairs has been completely remodeled. Yeah. I and it's, it's its own beautiful. Yeah, it's its own... Own living, breathing thing now. It's okay. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at our September calendar, and it's just it's just packed. Like Bill said, there's a couple events pretty much each night that I want to go to around town. I mean, usual suspects. Um, we're excited to be at Crossroads Music Fest with the Black Creatures next week. We're going to be in Manhattan the night before at their student union. Um, we've been partnering with Second Presbyterian Church, and we're stoked to have Peter Schlam over there on September 15th. And the next weekend, Calvin will kind of end their series, but Calvin Arsini will have another performance there on the 22nd, which is also the night of Black Star Kids. Oh, yeah. And Lawrence, which is also the night of Glass Animal. So I realize people are getting pulled in a few directions that night. Yeah. Um, we're partnering with um, the Irish Center and Akeem Byrne and doing Pints on the Patio with the Black Creatures on September 16th. Um, we've got an event at the Raj Mahal with Aaron. I'm so excited to be out there on September 25th. Uh, Plaza Art Fair is that weekend, the 24th. Uh, Making Movies just announced they're going to be doing their Americana Fest that Saturday. The Black Creatures are doing something with them that, well, it's the 25th. Uh, it's just, I would hate to schedule an event in September and October, Bill. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so tell us about your life. The 24th and 25th of September is also Puppets of Glogo which is uh, Stone Lion Puppet Theater, takes over the driveway, the circle drive in front of the World War One Memorial, Liberty mm-hmm. Memorial. Cool. And so they set up aerial performers, globe performers, and you just drive. It's like a reverse parade. So oh, wow. The, for me, the cool thing is KKFI is playing the soundtrack. 
So you tune into 90.1 and listen to the music. The dancers are also listening to the radio station. So they're mm. dancing to the music you're listening to in cool. your car. Wow. Yeah. That's now pretty you, cool. Now so, you they're taking part in Crossroad too, right? They are. Crossroads? Yeah. Yeah. Stoneline okay. or yeah, Stoneline Puppet Theaters uh performing at the day party along with uh Bo Bo and Aiden Bledsoe and Drum Safari. It's like a family friendly, free at uh, Lemonade Park. At Lemonade Park. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's let's do to give the lowdown now. Most people are gonna tune out probably thirty minutes in this episode. So let's <laughs> let's, let's get the real reason why you're here, Bill. Hang on for just just a couple more minutes. We've you, got some important breaking news. It normally would be taking place in the crossroads only. In yes, general, yeah. indoor venues. Yep. This year you made the decision to have it outside. Yeah, which we I'm sure. switched to 100% outdoor um, and did that over the last couple weeks. Um, so it's going to be, and then had to, couldn't find enough uh, right size and fit for that were in the crossroads on such short notice. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of places to do it there. but um, So Parlor, uh, which is at... 17th and 18th 17th something um, Locust that is we're going to use their parking lot okay and so that'll be an outdoor venue then Mod Gallery we're going to take over the back alley um, of that so basically the alley between uh, McGee and Oak between 18th and 19th they, they've been doing something with Josie's Records I yeah. know for yeah. the last couple of record store days yeah, they had exactly. some events so this great. Be very, so if you went to any awesome. of that, this is a similar okay. setup they fence off that alley okay. and then so we have all DJs at that um, venue uh, which is this is the first year we've had any DJs at Crossroads Music Week. 17 years I've never had a DJ really yeah and it's, and it's not like I just don't know anything about that world you know mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. one of the things that we're trying to do better is you know branch out outside of things that I just know myself and, and so I've been uh, fortunate enough I know a lot of a lot of cool smart people and so they help me figure out what's going on and the, ver- the variety of the lineups is fantastic this year as always I should say though mm-hmm. it's really eclectic so what time did like those things start so, yeah, in that so, part um, so and those are the two only two venues in the crossroads there's four venues two in the west bottom so we'll stick with crossroads for a minute so at four o'clock it kicks off at parlor I'll go till midnight Okay. And then uh, behind and Mod Gallery's alley will be seven till one. People are free to walk between the two. Yep. Or? So you buy your ticket. There's, there's only going to be one ticket booth in each end of town. So okay. the ticket booth will be at Parlor. Okay. And that's where Will Call will be there. And so we'll be, we're going to have to run two Will Calls. That'll be fun. Great. <laughs> yeah. Should be um, no issues there. No, done. Google Sheets, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so. Um, uh, yeah, so if you want a ticket and you're in the crossroads, go to Parlor, and or if you've already bought a ticket, you can just go wherever you want and turn it in for a wristband. They'll have wristbands at each. Place, tell but. tell us right now too. What's the easiest way to get tickets? Oh, online. Go to cmfkc.com and just click tickets. Okay, all the info. Cmfkc.com. Yeah, if you go to kkfi.org, also there's a link on the homepage. But okay, cmfkc is the website for the music festival. Where does the money go from ticket sales, by the way? To KKFI. It's a fundraiser for 90.1 FM. Just It'll work to Kansas City Community Radio. Just wanted to point that out, everybody. Yes. So yeah, you, not so, only but, you're getting incredible yeah. music, and we just talked about puppetry. We pay all the artists that perform. We hire yes. you know, local sound companies. We um, support local venues. And so your, your money goes to those things, too. But any extra comes to KKFI. That's fantastic. Love it. All right. And then... Tell us about the yeah. So, um, so that's the crossroads end of things. Parlor and Mod Gallery, and then down in the West Bottoms, we've got Lemonade Park and uh, Stockyards Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. So those are, of course, both outdoor as well. 
Uh, Lemonade Park is going to be, we'll do a free day party from 1 to 4 p.m. And that's family friendly. We do ask that you RSVP, so you can just find that at cmfkc.com okay. as well. Because um, we're trying to just, you know, monitor the number of folks that sure. come. And, and uh, so that's, yeah, bring your kids and grandma and whoever. It's all family friendly events. And as I was saying, Stone Lion Puppet Theater um, and uh, Bo and Aiden Bledsoe, as well as... Um, <clears throat> excuse me drum safari and they're each oh, awesome. like two 20 minute sets okay so that the day party tends to be a lot of rolling crowd you come in for an hour right. or so so everybody's going to perform 20 minutes and then do it again right okay um, and so that's one to four at lemonade park and then the music for the nighttime, the paid ticketed portion of the show starts at six and that'll go till midnight okay and then at stockyards brewing company that music starts at four and goes till 10 they close at 10 so um, so when the day party's over, if you want to go see some more music, just walk the, a block to Stockyards Brewing Company while we're setting up the Lemonade Park. That's a really good plan. I mean, I love that plan. And I also want to say we appreciate you considering the artist safety, the audience safety, staff at the venue safety by making that choice to be outside. I know that's a challenge because you may mm-hmm. do all this planning. And then if you have inclement weather. Right. Yeah. Um, this is our first time doing a rain or shine. Yeah. Too, yeah. So, but uh, good for you. I think it's yeah, called I mean, for. It's, it's and, the right thing to do. We'll, if it rains, it'll stink and I'll be sad. And, yeah. And it'll rain. What okay. A <laughs> um, couple more things about that, too. I don't expect you to list all the artists, but anybody you particularly well black creatures i'm pretty yeah, you don't need to plug us it's <laughs> shameless shameless plug i just um, i just stabbed yeah, I mean, him with I a knife everybody there's no there's no clunkers in this thing no I mean, it's killer really, when we were talking earlier it's been 17 years we've been doing this and the first time i put this show on i was like how am i going to get the eight good bands in kansas city mm-hmm. to play this show mm-hmm. and just that was that eight bands and it, was, it wasn't exactly that there were obviously more than eight great bands but um now I mean, we have 35 artists, and mm-hmm. it's impossible to choose almost you yeah. know, 35. It's so much talent in this es- town. Especially narrowing down your stages. I think when we first met, we were just trying to remember, was that 2019, Bill, when we were talking about getting involved as a label, maybe sponsoring? And I think you had, like again, like six, eight stages, right? Yeah. I mean, I want to say in 2019, it was eight or nine okay that's what i remember that, i think it was 10 and nine. sure like, that's stupid so you've already <laughs> got fewer places to go i will say without naming any names i appreciate you also being thoughtful not only considering you know the diversity of the artists whether it's genre or you know age or anything else but uh, you had shared something with me like there was a particular artist you tried to get involved before and for various reasons it hadn't quite worked and so it was really important to you to make sure you could find a, a quality space for them too Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just goes to show that, you know, you're doing it for so many people, you know, and the artists are very appreciative. Well, I mean, I hope so, but, you know, I want to, I love this town. To do something like this in, in my town is it's so, obvious. It's so much fun. Heck yeah. yeah. Real quick, too, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the Mixmaster Conference as yeah, well, yeah, because definitely. normally that's something that would happen, what, like 8 to noon or 1 in the well, day? Yeah, usually, yeah, it's usually like, 11 to 5 is what we've done it it's okay. like the same day as the festival okay um, and there's a free musician's health clinic and yeah um, you sign up to get free earplugs and massages and a lot yes. and a lot of different um, self-care and um, stuff like that that we partner with Midwest Music Foundation for that okay. so and yeah COVID's on its way back here and uh, well, or, well, in many ways it never left won't the foundation mm-hmm. have a booth though I thought I read that 
in um, Crossroads? If they want to, they can bring whatever they want. Maybe, I mean, maybe someone, yeah, had, maybe know, Rhonda had we're, posted we're not about... Doing the, they're not doing the free health clinic. They were, okay. We were up until a few weeks ago planning on it. We had found a place. and Okay. But other, she said that wasn't... None of the doctors wanted to do it. None of the... Okay. Know, feel like many artists were going to show up. Let's all get in a combined space together. Right. I got um, you. So... So we're just, you know, put off, put that off until hopefully next year. But a Mixed Master Music Conference is not, it's a virtual, we did it this way last year and it worked fantastic. I don't know that we'll ever go back to the 100% only in person because mm-hmm. we had so many, I mean, the artists or you know, artists and uh, industry professionals that we've been able to get from around the country and world last year, mm-hmm. uh, Kristen, um, or Crystal, Crystal Warren. Warren. Oh, it was a great episode. Chimed in from uh, France. Yeah, I loved you it. Know? That wouldn't happen, right? So, right. so we're, um, yeah, trying to expand the you know reach and of that. And so, if you're not familiar, Mix Master is a professional development conference. This year, it's going to be September first, eighth, and fifteenth, and so it'll be Wednesdays, uh, four thirty to six. So tomorrow is the first one. Yeah, correct. And okay. Then it'll be every you know the subsequent two more Wednesdays okay. after that. Okay. And um, so I think the first one tomorrow is going to be. Um, the world is local. Yeah, and some great then, guests on there yeah. too. And then um, uh, the next one is sort of diversifying your income streams. And then the third one is demo dip, which is something that was really fun in person. Yeah, basically artists bring bring a CD and you play thirty seconds of it, and then the panel in the room kind of just talks about it, and gives you feedback, and you know, was there a hook, something that got me right away, or whatever they you right. know, the feedback was. So. Now there's a Dropbox. You can just uh, throw your files in there, and we'll do the same thing, but via Zoom. Yeah. And uh, so that all that information also is at cmfkc.com. In some ways, that's more efficient, actually, giving the listeners, I mean, the panel, a chance to listen ahead of time. Also, I mean, I had my first experience in 2018 taking Calvin's song. I think they wait until oh, right still then, live. so it's the, the instant. Okay. I missed I, that I one believe, last year. yeah. Okay. You need to get Nick Carswell in here. He can answer well, all questions. Well, so, yeah, Nick reached out. He actually asked me to moderate the one next oh, week cool. about outside revenue. Also, I think so he can be on the other side and talk about how he's tried to make some extra revenue as yeah, an artist yeah. this year on the panel. Um, I know Calvin's going to be on that. Is it Isaac from Hembry, I believe? Isaac, yeah. Is going to be one of the guests. And then um, tomorrow again. Is that all just through Zoom? Yes. It's a webinar. Yeah, and tomorrow you've got Julie Othmer's going to be on there. I know Sarah Bradshaw. Um, I mean, it's it's a great thing for artists. I just think sometimes they don't even realize it's there. Well, uh, I, we had a ton of engagement with it last year after yeah. the fact. So the, we streamed it on our Facebook and YouTube, and then um, or and then posted it to YouTube after that, and we got a ton of a lot more engagement than I expected. I should say. Okay. Have, you have folks just watching the YouTube videos because we'd share it on. Thanks for being. Media adaptive and flexible and I mean it's really a tribute to your team you had a lot of people involved again I'm sure trying to figure out all the technological aspects this year I'm glad you're keeping the virtual component yeah. plus like you said you can yeah. archive those things and Definitely. go back to them yeah. you know where you you lost that footage of the uh, puppet show so you know, <laughs> that DVD right <laughs> well, well I still got some if you're interested I mean okay I'm just kidding <laughs> Anything else we should say about the fest? Um, well, just so we, yeah, again, it's going to be a live broadcast um, on KKFI and a live stream from 7 to midnight. Everything from Lemonade Park from 7 to midnight. Oh, cool. And so if you just tune into 90.1 or um, go to the CMFKC and pull the live stream link, the 
Um, and then in betweens for set changes, we're going to play new released, newly released uh, music videos from Kansas City. Artists. Oh, cool! Even, Very know, cool. Not necessarily just KC. Oh, cool. Yeah. So cool. that's going to be pretty fun. And those are that'll just be the audio from the live stream is just simultaneously broadcast. To oh, brilliant idea! The, okay. The, uh, tower. Chris, you're there on Saturday. Oh yeah. Okay. And I guess, and then people are free to go between the two yes, yeah. parts so of Kansas ticket, City. This gets you a wristband. Okay. Um, and the tickets are uh, twenty-five bucks in advance. For it's a hell of a deal. Thirty-five plus bands. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, we know you can't. You won't be able to see thirty-five bands, but I mean, if you play your cards right, you probably get fifteen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, and um, it's 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 a good staggering too. This last, I will say, it's gonna you know be a little sad not seeing you. On your bicycle, and then on no, the I'll have my bike on the I'll just, cart. I'm just gonna have to pick one side of the thing to stay on. Yeah, the place, no trucking between the West Bobs and Crossroads would be that's a pretty good <laughs> hill, man. Going up or going down, I don't know which way. I don't know. I think so. What if you guys just let's brush this out right here? Drone it. <laughs> Look at it's Amazon drone. drone to pick me up and carry me. Yeah. Should I get a shot a shuttle like a open air trolley shuttle? Do you think people would use it? Or where they'll just stay where they're going to stay. I'm talking to yourself. You need a, you need a limo, buddy. You need a, I mean, you know, I know. First, I'm asking for the people. Service. Would anybody use it? I don't know if they would. I don't want to spend... Because it's, it's not cheap for... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would... Mm, I know. It's a tough one. Yeah. So I guess if you're hearing this, there may or may not be a shuttle, but probably not. It <laughs> sounds like a lot of work, Bill. Uh, people can Uber if they need to. Uh, they people do, just yeah, need to for schedule sure. the night how they want to go. Yeah, yeah. And, and I will say this. If you... I mean, if I bought a ticket for 25 bucks and I went to one of these stages, I'm going to get more than my money's worth. Sure. Because the level of talent is sure. in this world. Sure. I think you've got a little bit different vibe in each place and different food options in each place yeah, for that yeah. matter, too, you know, depending know. on what you're seeing. There's four right. restaurants just there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we knocked that out of the park. Center Cuts. We are here with Bill Sundahl and just spent a little bit of time going through our calendar and spent a lot of time specifically talking about Crossroads Music Fest, which we'll get to in a little bit. We like to take you know some time here in this segment to talk a little bit about your life, Bill. And I didn't, I couldn't find, there is a lot of stuff out there. I didn't mean to say you were old, old. I said you've been around <laughs> Kansas because I'm old. You've been around Kansas City for a while. Are you from here? I am not. I moved here in the late 2000s. Late 2000. Yeah. Okay, so 20 years ago. Yeah. For a while. Yeah, I've been here a while. But uh, Where are you originally from? Uh, I grew up down in the Ozarks on the Missouri-Arkansas line. Myrtle and Thayer. 
Myrtle, Missouri. Myrtle, Missouri, and Thayer. It's like our in Myrtle, our land was literally on the Arkansas line. We used to go pee over the fence and think we were hilarious, and you know. Well, you can still do that in Kansas. You know, if you need to just yeah, get, right? get out of your yeah, system, sure. feel free anytime. <laughs> but you live over there, so you don't want to do that. Probably hike a little bit from the back of stockyards at the festival and do it. Yeah, you know? it's like oh, pretty close to the state line. And then life in Myrtle was it a small town? Oh, tiny. Yeah, there's no no city limits. Just an unincorporated farming community. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I was a um, grew up on a hog farm. We had cattle and um sheep for a while and your parents owned a farm yes oh okay and uh but they were uh, yeah it's a i don't know what got into their heads they moved to myrtle missouri and decided why not they're like he's from dad was from suburban chicago and mom was from um california nevada but neither one of them had been like on a working farm i don't were they farmer where'd they meet uh when dad was in the military they met in um uh, up around Chicago someplace. Indiana. Just decided to buy some land and that's yeah, where it was? Yeah, dad had always wanted to be a farmer so he just did it. Were you growing up as a child? <laughs> I don't know work- why, man. Hey, I, mean, I grew up, what? I was like, you know, going out literally slopping the hogs and bottle Heck feeding yeah. calves and milking cows and, you know, before school and after school. I mean, it was... Yeah. You know, you, my kids now, I can't get them out of bed an hour before school. I'm like, I did got on the bus an hour before. I feel both ways. And that's just it. I think a lot of people have this, you know, fantasy view of like, oh, I want to, you know, be in the country. I want to live. Oh, I want to have man. a farm. Like, man, they Good get they up when it. the sun gets up, when the rooster tells no, them. It, yeah, yeah. There's no vacations for farmers. That's the, I mean, that's the hard reality of, of having a farm is you, you either, I mean, it's you all have a bunch of animals, you got to feel they're not, yeah. you know. You have siblings? I do. I have uh, two brothers and a sister. I have a younger brother, Pete, and uh, Stina is my sister, two years older, and Mike is a brother, five years older. So you're second to last. Stepbrothers, Brent and Tim. Okay. So you all were expected to pitch in, family unit, help out there. Yes. Okay. Now, the, There's no child labor yes. laws on a farm. No. Well, that's why I have kids. <laughs> it was just, you know. Child labor. Yeah, exactly. That is, you know. uh, Marry them off young. Were you into, was there music in the home growing no, up? No, I mean, just, list, you know, eight tracks and records and stuff like that, but no really, no one else in my family really plays music. I'm already thinking, I'm just thinking bluegrass, you know, when I hear yeah, Ozark, no, so no, immediately thinking that was I mean, around. Dad was a Yankee. He, <laughs> yeah. he was like Benny Goodman and, uh, you know, he liked big band stuff and mm-hmm. mom was into 50s doo-wop and, you know, but then living in the Ozarks, you get like modern country. Or was there a radio station? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a, um, one in Thayer. That played country music it constantly, played, same damn songs over yeah, and over and over. Like country music station down there, and I'm sure a, a praise station as well. Oh, tons of them. Oh, yeah, oh, man. There's so our town had no no city limit sign, any like but three churches. Mm-hmm. It's like the, there was a first and second Baptist church, and then some other I forget. And then there's like, you know, Pentecost and different. I mean, it's, it's like everywhere. There's but they're just tiny little buildings where folks get together and. We freak out. I don't know what they do. In I, I drive my wife crazy when we take trips. And it's weird not taking trips this last really two years because I intentionally, once we get out of the city limits, just start going up and down AM, FM dials just to see, kind oh, of like man. getting a it's temperature check there, of what's, it oh, yeah, brutal. it's religion. It's devastating. Or it's yeah. talk radio. And anyway, let's don't get into stereotypes. Oh, man. So I guarantee you there's, a, there's one out of West Plains, Missouri, too, that was 20 miles north of there. 
that is probably still playing the same. Got change in my pocket, going jingle-ling-a-ling. Well, that's Kansas you know, City radio right there, Bill. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, that's the same everywhere. They're, you it's know, the Fox and... Yeah, right. So, um, no. but I will say, so this, I, but it's just while we're still on radio, yeah. um, there was a um, station out of Jonesboro, Arkansas, that would play like... Um, Fibber McGee and Molly and Burns and Allen. Oh my God, I used to have some of the 78s. Like old school yeah. um, radio dramas and radio comedies. And I, that's like, I would have to go, to go to bed. I would just turn on my radio real quiet mm-hmm. and listen to those things. And I think that's totally why I work at the radio station. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just got like in that sort of romanticized radio for me that. Fibber McGee and Molly. Yeah, man. I had to open seven years for my grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Could, I always, always want to have a folly job. Like the, isn't it, I think that's right. The, like making all the noises. Oh yeah, like yeah. movies or radio. What's stuff. it called? A fo- foley. I think it's foley. Yeah, I think foley. So, yeah. You make like the thunder sound. Yes, or like yeah. Yeah. The, ca- the like you know. You're using like a saw to make it. Yeah. Oh cool. You, can you I tell the horse is galloping right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Perfect. <laughs> Did you listen to like King Biscuit Flower Hour? Was that on Doctor Demento? No, no, those are that was too edgy. That was too cool for for that school. In- instruments in the home? Anybody um, we had an old beater guitar from Sears, and I, like my folks were not into listening to me bang on it. So I would pick it okay. up. Like, it was missing strings, and like, yeah. it, you know, they were like, that's good. It's fine. That's missing strings. It was okay. interesting. You know. Were there places to purchase music? I mean, there um, wasn't a record store? Yeah, well, you know, the not really. You had to go to West Plains to get anything decent. Like so if you Walmart. really wanted good stuff, like you would have to go to Springfield or something. Like, yeah, there was a, a Walmart. It, you know, I don't know when I was in high school, the Walmart finally moved in and destroyed the rest of downtown. Sp- Springfield's what two two hours from here? About two hours from there too. And then from here, two, two more hours. About two, yeah. That was your closest real. Yeah, sorry to say, we civilization. Shop in there, like Poplar Bluff or Memphis. Okay. If it was a good year. We go okay. to Memphis, maybe. I don't. Know. I don't know what the determining factor. Memphis, was. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's where we go to see concerts. So Springfield or Memphis was the only real concerts that you could get because mm-hmm. it's just. I mean, if you look at Myrtle, Missouri on the map, it's going to take, gonna I take sh- you a minute. And again, I could not find that information <laughs> about you. It's like a skinny spot in the map. It doesn't even... Okay. Yeah. That leaves There's probably me, still a dot there. I don't know. And just as a former teacher, like elementary school there, are you talking about what uh, was like your couch. class? Yeah, so oh, class in my like? third grade class, there were nine of us. So what was the whole... Was it a K through 8? K through like, 12 was couch. One building. Yeah. Oh, no, it was two buildings. Okay. So elementary was in one and high school was in another. What was the total enrollment of that? I don't know. Probably 75, maybe? K through 12, or first through 12. I don't know. I mean... Nine in your class? class, Yeah, but many classes had more than that. Um, So, I don't know, maybe 100 or so. Do you have, like, the same teachers year after year? Like, would teach multiple grade levels? No. Like, your 7th grade teacher was also your 8th grade teacher? No, not unless... So, 7th and 8th... Yeah, 7th through 12, those were all the same teachers Mm -hmm. that taught everybody. Oh, Chris is showing us on the map here. Oh, yeah. There you are. I'm blind as a freaking bat. There, it's right. Chris. It's this is So this is Arkansas, and this is... Oh, you can't spit across there. Yeah. And, and I love the picture of Myrtle, Missouri is a, is a field. Yep, that's uh, right. That's correct. <laughs> that is it? It's, there, uh, it looks like you're uh, super close to Memphis. How like how far of a drive would that uh, be through like Arkansas? three hours. Nice. Was there yeah. actually a road called State Line? Uh, Do you remember? No. Was it a highway? There were like some county line that, roads that were dirt I'm telling you that there is no roads. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see any roads. It is just fields. No, I think E, the uh, e Highway, I think, runs through. All the pictures on Google are just of a field. Yeah, yeah. that's right. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, chicken fighters and wife beaters out there. Man. Well, you, there's just yeah. there's just you know you just see it. There's not a lot of good people down there. I, yeah. You know, I don't go back that much. My um, so my stepmom still lives down there, mm-hmm. and uh, and my stepbrothers still live down there. And my brother, my older brother, lives down in um, around Pocahontas, Arkansas, in Bowdoin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I go back. Well, every couple of years or something like that. Okay. It's so, a great place to be from. I learned how to work hard. I learned how to, you know, do a lot of things that that I'm glad I know how to do. Yeah. I don't I have no interest in living there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had quite a few guests from some pretty dang small towns. You might be up there to the top. Yeah, you might just yeah. take the kid. At least let's get into visuals. <laughs> so you did you finished high school there? Uh yes. Yeah, so when I was a senior or uh, no, a ninth grade. I moved to Thayer, which is about 17 miles away. Okay. And that class, like graduating class was like 54 people. Okay. Yeah. So did you have a desire to get out? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got all the way to Pocahontas after high school, which is like 30 miles away. <laughs> I was going to be a body man, like repair cars. And so I went to Votech in high school. And so I okay. uh, took took another Votech class after high school and for a year and got my certificate and okay. went got terrible paying jobs and awful places and then you hightailed <laughs> it to Kansas City um no I um I, we can go through the whole thing here if you want but it's gonna take a minute I'll, I'll try to do, do whatever the clip notes version here so uh body body work didn't work out um I all the old guys talk like this because they've been breathing bondo dust and paint for 30 years and I get a headache you know it's just that's a tough it's tough a tough job yeah sure. And uh, I was like, I don't want to, you know, do this the rest of my life. So moved back to Thayer and started working for my old man. I was, I was a dairy equipment salesman, door to door. I had this big box truck that I drove from dairy farm to dairy farm and cold called dairy farmers trying to get them to buy stuff off the truck. Oh, boy. Brutal work. Oh, oh God, I Bill. hated that so much. Gave you a thick skin, though, I'm sure. It sure did. No is a perfectly acceptable answer. Right. I mean, it helps, it helps in my job today. That job, for sure, prepared me for a lot of things, like hearing no and not caring, because mm-hmm. that's, you know. Don't want to belabor yeah, those the conversations. Yeah, the worst thing you do is say no. You just yeah. ask them. And then Look at you funny. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my property. <laughs> um, so... And he got in some trouble with the law a little bit. Great. And he was like, I'm on, I got on probation. And um, and being in a small town on probation is a terrible, terrible place mm. to be. The cops mm. don't have anything to do but drive by the people on probation. Check it on Sunday. what's going on. And so I moved to Columbia. My folks had split up. And so mom lived in Columbia, Missouri. And that was the first big town that I ever lived in was Columbia, Missouri. And so I moved there. How old were you then? 21, something like that. So I was college age. Wow, I opened her. Yeah. No college to go to. Okay. So I just hit the parties and worked. I got a job as a welder there. I started, uh, just went to this place and said, hey, I know how to paint and stuff, but I want to learn how to weld. And he said, good, I need a painter. I'll teach you how to weld if you paint for a while. And so, so did that and then ended up becoming an iron worker, like putting up buildings, welding, you know, tall, whatever, you know, what any kind of building, whatever they hire us. Mm-hmm. So, Traveled around the South, around Georgia and, and Tennessee, and um, and uh, put up buildings for a few years, and bounced back to Columbia. Just wanted to change the scenery and move to Key West. I found a job at a welding shop. My brother and I moved to Key West. I think you did like tell me that. Ninety nine. Okay. Was and it as Was it as just as <laughs> I went to Key West in. 
2002 or three. Not to weld. Not to weld. <laughs> no, no, just on a vacation. Also, terrible place to be welded. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. salty metal that's just <laughs> falling apart while you're trying to weld it. Right. And yeah. it is hot as a hell. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just very... And moist. And it's yeah. it's just so... It's such a weird place. Have you ever been it's to the before? Yeah. No. It's or all welders. tourists. And then, like, it's tourists and rich people mm-hmm. and beach bums. Yeah. Yep. That totally. is the demographic. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of middle class No, it's in, so... In Key West. It's so they're, I mean, they're weird. Like, it's yeah, just a weird So being vibe. a weird, like, middle class, like, blue-collar yeah. worker in that society was a kind of a weird thing because, yeah, yes, I'm sure it's still like that. Um, so weird. Um, yeah, Duval Street. But, yeah, like, you know, the upside is Tuesday night, if you feel like throwing down, on, like, a Saturday, you just sure. go Duval Street. Go party, yeah. Because some cruise ship just emptied out. And, right. You know, um, so it was fun, but I was really just getting started playing music. I, you know, bought instruments and was, like, practicing. And so I lived there about a year, and it was where I joined my first band. And, um, you know, no one wants to hear original music in Key West no. at all. I mean, not that no one wants to hear it, but no one will pay you to play it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's all, you know, Brown Eyed Girl and Margaritaville. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Go and, back one sec. Did you pick up your first instrument in Columbia? I did. Somewhere along yes, the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not too long after I moved to Columbia, I bought an old silver tone guitar at a Wow, I just start big. Um, that was a piece of crap. I mean, <laughs> I miss it. I wish okay. I never sold I traded it for a... Like, it became clear to me. Like, I took it to a friend. Like, he's like, oh, I can play guitar. I'll show you some chords. And took it. And he's like, what are you going to do with this thing? It, it was awful. The intonation was shot. That it was no, you know... Why'd you pick it, a guitar? Um... It's because I was writing poetry all the time, and I just thought, well, that's you know, writing songs. Songs are poetry, right? Yes. And so I just thought, okay, I would, you know, learn some chords and. Huh. <coughs> it just seems but like I was kind of out of nowhere. Determined to not take lessons, I was that idiot of like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna reinvent the wheel, man, and ugh, so stupid. And so for <laughs> so for years, I like hand fisted away figure. I mean, I would like you know buy chord books, and but I, I was like, I'm not gonna let anyone influence my style. Like, mm. Ugh. Mm. So consequently, I have you know years worth of just abysmal music that has no rhyme or reason. Or uh, anyway, just so eventually I started playing with other people, and they were like, "You don't know what that chord is." I'm like, "Well, no, man. I'm... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got some work to do." So um, yeah, so that's how I started playing. I would sit on the streets of Columbia and play for just put out. I was like, "I'm on practice at home. Might as well yeah. put out this guitar case and make thirty-seven cents." And, that's right. Yeah. Nothing's changed. <laughs> what was the name of your first band in Florida? Do you remember? I have no idea. Was it no. your band? No, no. Or did you I join was just, some I, dudes? I joined to play um, rhythm guitar because I needed a rhythm guitar player. Gotcha. And, and uh, it's just covers that. Some, it was all it was all Pearl, the random Pearl Pearls. Jam, and Beauty um, <laughs> and the Blowfish. It was whatever the pop. Songs oh, at the of time, the day yeah. Were in nineteen ninety nine. Were you singing? No, I was just, I was barely, I okay. couldn't even really keep up as a rhythm guitar player because I didn't know half the chords they were, they were yelling out. So anyway, it was sort of my first like, oh man, I'm not really ready to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't last too long. Plus this guy, this bass player joined that was in the Coast Guard and he liked to talk about, oh man, that dude was a dick. He, he liked to, he would come to practice and talk about how like, oh, it was a good day because we caught some Cubans. Before they got to land, as if they get to land, then they can then they go through the process. Right. But if you catch them before land, apparently you can beat the living shit out of them oh, and uh, send them home. Oh, and that geez. was his joy. That was his fun day at work. And I was like, I can't be. A, I can't be a part with you. Jeez. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Wow. Well, I, and see, I don't want to say you were time. sowing your oats at this point, but you were definitely well, yeah, yeah. doing what you wanted to do, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, so I left there to just move west and, and um, had, was headed to like Phoenix. I had been to Mesa one time, Mesa, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a cool town. And so I was kind of headed there and I stopped to visit my buddy uh, Rod Peel in Albuquerque. Rod lived in, uh, if mm-hmm. you guys know Rod at all, mm-hmm. um, he lived in Albuquerque and he, may, he was married to Ellie Biggerstaff. It was a girl I grew up with, and so I knew them from back in you know Myrtle and there. Okay. And um, anyway, so I stopped to hang out with them. Rod and I started playing music, and I was like, "Man, this is West. This is great, right?" Like we both like Caius and Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, Caius, great. We saw Queens. Yeah. Of the, we Rod and I saw Steve, Queens of the Stone Age in a bar. Like I think there was like twenty people there. Dave Catching was still playing pedal steel. Wow. The Earthlings. Man, wow. The Earthlings. If no one, if anybody listens to this and learns anything, check out the Earthlings. Oh. Awesome. Were they part of those desert session things that mm-hmm. he did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, that guy's a freak. Yeah. <laughs> Ween, all those crazy yeah. Yeah. giant sand, all those crazy groups. <laughs> well, that was a cool scene. I have a Calexico. Were they around then? Um, I don't like know. I didn't learn about them 2000? until like, I mean, I'm sure they were, but I didn't, okay. I didn't learn about Yeah, pretty them. fertile music scene, actually. Yeah. Albuquerque was cool, but so Rod moved back to Kansas City, and I, you know, um, joined this other band. And anyway, it wasn't really working out. And I was like, man, nobody around here plays as good as Rod. <laughs> so I moved to Kansas City. Oh wow! To start a band with Rod. Wow. We got some buddies together and, and some folks that he knew, and never we never even played a show. Like we, the, the band crapped out a little over. <laughs> but I was like, well, I'm in Kansas City, and you know, so that's how I ended up in Kansas City. Wow. All right. Well, that is definitely a great lot story. Of, yeah, a lot of Love information. That. I'm sure the listeners will be mind blown about that. <laughs> now, I know you mentioned the band, the Columns. Mm-hmm. You you weren't here to necessarily do music, though. You're like, I got. Well, work. I, at that time, I was like, I want to play music for a living. So oh. I was like trying. To, I mean, I always had like I was welding or doing whatever mm-hmm. other thing to make money. But you know, when I wasn't doing that, I was trying to play music. Were you? I know you mentioned you had some poetry lyrics. Were you writing mm-hmm. songs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the first band that I got in here that actually played shows was uh, with Jamie Searle, and it's called It's Over. It was me and him. I'd and, forgotten uh, about that band. Oh, man, who was the first? God, oh, he's Bob old, White. too. What am I talking about? Yeah, I don't, you guys know Bob White. He's still around, plays drums. And okay. He's been around a long time. Because um, he's old, too, like me. God, he looks like he's about 10. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> oh, no, Bob, Bob looks old like oh, me. Okay. Jamie still looks 10. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking infuriating. <laughs> my brothers and sisters, my sister. I love that freaking record. I cannot yeah, yeah, get enough of that. Great. It's still in heavy rotation. So, yeah, yeah. So we played. Um, I don't know, eight years or so mm-hmm. that band, and mm-hmm. with different, you know, other members of he and I. And 
Ryan Donegan was um, in the band for a long time. Andrew Twinter and Mike Judge and Glenn Hockemeyer and the other, you know. Yeah. Drummers seem to be our rotating. They would explode. That's usual. Spinal you know? <laughs> tap. Yeah. Um, yeah. And How would you describe that? So the columns that? came after. I, it's over um, crapped out, of course. How would you describe <laughs> it's over sound? Oh, man. Your uh, it started as like yelling, screaming, kind of punk rock. And mm-hmm. we would like kick each other in the back of the knees in the middle of a solo to like for fun just, you know it wasn't as Keep musical as it could be um, and then that like, yeah it, it was I don't know it wasn't awful but yeah. it was awful okay I don't know you know I mean it was good we were but we got good at doing that and they were like okay well this is not you had your but, thing yeah right and so then it sort of morphed into like uh, we all got into like Beatles and Kinks and so it kind of became that type of band mm-hmm. like a, 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s influence rock, but okay. So we do a few covers, but um, mostly original stuff along that vein. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is now about 2002. Uh, no. Band started around 2000, yeah, 2002 or so, and then lasted till about 2010, something like that. Okay. And at about that same time, Donkey Show. Donkey Show started out? around 2003. Uh, so Wendy Williamson, my lovely wife, and I um, were driving back from Iowa and visiting her family, and and I'd been like wanting to do this like vaudeville type variety show, and so we were, you know we came up with the name Donkey Show and just started planning it out, and um, yeah, so we did those shows together, and it you know hats off to Wendy, all all those shows would have had a bunch of fun artists with us, just whatever was around, but she was like, no, we need curtains, we need. This, we gotta have decorations. We need a game. That there's always a game like mm-hmm. shots or um, stare down competition, rock paper scissors. St- I mean, there's always just some little silly game. Stare down, like literally staring literally, at someone. Yeah, you just got on Davy's stage and stared at whoever blinked first. <laughs> yeah, that was one of because that <laughs> was a shadow. I missed that. People got super serious. I about bet because we didn't. We didn't. It was just like that. You could have thrown. Th- I mean, we never said don't throw things. Some people would bring up a couple people on stage and have them like, you know, uh, flex and sort of. What's the audience doing? Just what, staring at them. Stare. Them, you just you would just pick somebody that you thought should win and you cheer for that person. Oh, I'm imagining like a and so we would like Bruce you know Lee, in the beginning like you need to pick somebody you know like the um oh what's at the Ren Fest or like are you gonna root for the Red Knight or the Blue Knight or whatever and you just you know so Love before it. each competition you'd say who's rooting for this person who's rooting for that person. And then that's yeah. so you and Wendy concocted that idea, yeah. And then you staged them though we did a in various venues. Of them. Yeah, it was started at the Brick. Um, okay. And yeah, Davies. Uh, we did one down at a place. Uh, man, Peregrine and Mark had a place down the West Bottoms. It was called the Wild West Club. And okay. The old, the old record bar. Um, Crosstown Station. Crosstown Station. Yeah. Okay. I think that's most of the flea market. No, not Buffalo no, Room. So no. that'd be a good that'd space a, for that. That'd be a good space. Okay, so that got going about two thousand, and then how how long did that? So run? that probably was two thousand. Yeah, we, I mean, I don't know. Maybe who That's knows? What I'm we talk about every once a year. We go, we should do that. You should, and because you know, someone will be like, hey, when are you going to do that? And I'm like, oh, we should, and then. 20-year anniversary is coming up in you know, yeah, a couple of years. Perfect. There you go. I can't do it without Wendy, and she's like, ah, I don't know if I got time for that. We got a couple kids. Make, make and time. Work and, Get the kids know. involved. There you go. Stare down. Yeah, practice at home. 
And then maybe if I had a video game competition, then they'd get involved. And then, hell, why not? Big business, man. Yeah, competition going on. I think I could get my kids. Well, that's what these kids do. They go to these virtual gaming places and they just watch each other play video games. Is that about the time you also started the Spice of Life production? Yes. Yeah. When when we started the Donkey Show, it just seemed like it needed some. I you know I was booking a few random shows at other clubs and stuff like that, and so it just seemed like it needed sort of some umbrella to live under. And so Variety's the Spice of Life. Sure. Of Life. What yeah. were the services offered by Spice of Life? Oh, booking and um, and pr- production. Okay. I mean, it was mostly for my own stuff. I I, I didn't like own and you know I didn't have a sound rig and lighting rig. I mean, it wasn't like I was renting my services out to other people. Although I should have. You know, <laughs> okay. I mean, well, I ended up, I, now I rent them to KKFI. Okay. Well, I was just telling you, you know, doing yeah. a little research on you, I found a couple Spice of Life productions and Googling that and Donkey Show brings up some Seriously, really interesting you're results. you going to get some weird Facebook ads. Okay. And okay. Uh, the cops are currently yeah, at Patrick's probably. house uh, wanting to search his computer. Seriously? <laughs> Great. Okay. Good thing I'm over your place, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> don't have that a tracker in me from oh, the Don't tell him where you're at, man. Vaccination. <laughs> Whoops. All right, so your main career, though, you mentioned was working with a scales well, company? Well, yeah, when I moved to Kansas City, I was really wanting to get out of welding, and and, um, and so I, for a brief time, in, when I lived in Albuquerque, found a job. I was trying to get out of welding then, too, and the sort of the money sucks you back in, you know? Mm-hmm. Just try to start a new thing. It's always a you know, mm-hmm. little man on a totem pole. And so uh, scale repair is a thing that happens that no one ever thinks about. Scales are everywhere. Yeah. Almost every home has one. Uh, every bit, you know, most businesses have them. And uh, so, yeah, shipping, grocery stores, pharmaceutical. I mean, there, there are scales that weigh entire train cars. Um, wow, you name it. So everything like, from... Down to like the finest, finest, smallest piece of powder you can imagine. Everything mm-hmm. you'd find, yeah. like from a lab to in my yeah. bathroom to weigh myself to yeah. these industrial size scales. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. And so we install them, repair them. And... Uh, yeah, it was a crazy gig. You literally got to see how the sausage gets made. We had a contract at a sausage factory. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm curious, just wanting to know the old school scale, you mm-hmm. know, where you stand and things going back and forth. Yeah. They seem to be replaced by like a digital scale, sure. right? Yeah. I mean, which is unfortunate because those old scales still work just they fine. They work fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem. They last forever. How are you going to sell somebody a new thing? If it lasts forever. Like that light bulb they invented 200 years ago yeah. that's still lit in the Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Planned obsolescence. Okay. So I scale, got you. Yeah. The scale industry is job security there. to the planned obsolescence. <laughs> Everything gets redesigned every five to seven years. So Even that, if it works great. So sort that, of especially if it works great. Right. So that was the day job. Yeah. Like so many yeah. artists have. And then you were... Yeah had the time and flexibility pre also probably family too to pursue mm-hmm. some of these other yeah, ventures yeah. and that, a lot of that job was driving around from job site to job site so I could practice songs and you know yeah. just record lyrics into my phone or whatever did you, know. did you have sales involved with that or were you more like servicing I was, just well I, yeah I was more service but you know sales is a piece of that just because you're there you'd sell somebody something if it broke or Whatever, but okay. most of them, we had a sales guy. Okay, I'm saying you're thinking back to your door to door farmer. Yeah, gig. no, I was definitely using some of those pretty skills. happy being the service guy. That okay. until it was like you know welding under a rail scale and okay. swinging a sledgehammer all day. Then I was like, man, that sales job looks pretty good right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
beats welding down on the beach in Key West. <laughs> now, you you gravitated I me mean, obviously through Rod already mm-hmm. into the music community industry here. It's over. It was about eight years. You said mm-hmm. you mentioned Columns. Yeah, I played with um, the After Party for a little bit, right towards the ends of the After Parties. Uh, they had a pretty good long run. I All was, right. Um, I apparently killed that band. I guess I was the last <laughs> bass player. Sorry, everybody. No, that, that's um, Dave Renier and um, oh man, that's terrible. Sorry, dude. God, I Danny, loved the- uh, Fisher. Was those were the two like main songwriters? I love that Dead Voices album that came out. Yeah, Guys, yeah. this pandemic they threw on my toes beginning of 2020. I saw them at South by it must have been 2019 when they put that out. Um, and then you mentioned Abigail, yeah. And so Gaslights. I played with the Gaslights for I don't know, a year and a half or so. With one of their trips to Europe, I got to go with them and play bass all over Belgium and for a couple weeks. That was. Were That's you, a life Were you basis for hire, or were you just kind um, of at that point? With... I was just like hadn't it's over had stopped, and and I hadn't formed the columns yet, and so yeah, I was just sort of like, you know, who needs a bass player? Got you. Yeah. Had you ever led a project or decided to um, step out as a front man? That's what the first time I did that was columns. I guess. I mean, okay. With the it's over, I you know depending on I sang some of those songs, but mostly it was uh, okay. Always still writing. Um, yeah, and so Columns was my first, like, I'm composing all these songs. I mean, mm-hmm. we put some fun covers in there mm-hmm. and stuff, too. But, mm-hmm. um, what would yeah. you say in all these projects, we haven't even gotten to your most recent, um, Starhaven Rounders, is, are there certain types of music you're drawing on as a writer or lyricist that you like or know, melodies? I, all over the place. That's um, kind of what I asked about know, the childhood yeah, thing. I mean, I love Leonard Cohen, but I don't, I'm in no way comparing myself to him. Okay. You know, I mean, this... I like melancholy stuff. I like rock and roll. I like country and pretty well rounded, Bill. Well, yeah. I, don't, I mean, in my writing, it's not, it's sort of like I don't know that all of that comes out in the songs I write. But, okay. Um, okay. I, it, I should say wrote. I haven't written a song in years. Okay. It feels, and then how long go into that? <laughs> how long have you been with writer's block or just? Oh, I just don't have. I don't make the time to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what. I think any every writer will tell you is you you make the time. It's you know? a discipline. You know, it's not yeah. It's not like magically things happen. You have to. No, just know. being someone who wasn't in cover bands. It sounds like you've always been drawn to original material and for you, years. Yeah, definitely. And not that I was like hated on cover bands or anything like that. I was just like that's not what I want to do. I mm-hmm. don't want to spend my time because mm-hmm. creating original art with your friends who become your family is just one of the most amazing things to do I've yeah. heard I just can't do it myself when did Starhaven when did you get involved well so that, it was already a band when I got involved Wade called me and it started in 2011 um, I want to say I joined in like 2012 or 13 something like that so you darn near a decade right yeah yeah and I I had to because at that time I was like Ah, I want to be in a country cover band. I mean, I grew up in the Ozarks with Hee Haw and like country music was the only music on the radio. Mm-hmm. But they're like, no, no, we're going to stop at like the 70s. We're not really going to play stuff after the 70s. It's like, all right. That's a good call. I'm in. And it was, um, yeah, I mean, the, so it's it ends up being like roughly 30s to 70s. And we, we throw some other stuff that's past the 70s in there, but it's all stuff that's sort of... Like Purple Rain? Like Purple Rain, yeah. <laughs> 
got to keep the audience guessing. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a there, what is there's a um, yeah, there's a spe- uh, man, the boss. What's his name? Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. Yeah, it's the Springsteen song that pops up every now and then too. Well, one of my favorite uh, local artists here, Lauren Crumb. Uh, with uh, Lorna Kay's One Night Stand, they always bust out a version of that Gnarl Sparkly song, Crazy. And it oh, just yeah. fits so oh, I bet she well that. with that uh, country yeah, beat yeah. and, yeah. of course, her vocals. Um, I'll ask one last question and let's talk, mm-hmm. talk about moving to KKFI to, and, or sorry, Crossroads Music Fest. What star have you been up to during the pandemic? I know you've had a show um, or two. We haven't been doing all that much, really. Um, Record did, bar, you had one. We did, um, yeah. So with the you know pandemic hit, we all kind of. I mean, that band is no one's like bread and butter, so mm-hmm. we, you know it's a lot of fun and and you know we definitely charge to play and stuff. But yeah, uh, also um, you know no one's gonna starve to death if we don't play. So, um, so we did like a we did Lemonade Park last fall, which was a blast. Man, that was fun. And um, then we did a we do this show called Silo Fest. It's uh, it's become our buddy Gary um, hired us to play. He's got a, a farm down in Leeton, Missouri, which is it looked that one. That's another little bit. <laughs> it's the, Spell it's that south of Leeton, L E E T O N. It's it's south of Warrensburg. Okay, it's a little small community. Um, but he says farm is just a field with a silo in it, like an old kind of leaning over um, grain silo, and. Um, but he, and he doesn't live around there. He just has this piece of land. So he, I think he's a, like a state's attorney in California or something. Mm. So, but he's from around here. So he comes back and invites his friends from here. Some folks fly in from California and they just party for a week. And, um, and so they hire us to come out there and play once a year. And we call it Silo Fest. And I mean, they put up a pop, big tent, like a pole tent and a dance floor, a wow. stage. Like he put in legit power out there. So we quit blowing the breakers. And wow. It's really fun. It's one Sounds of the awesome. gigs. So they weren't doing that because of COVID. So uh, we, we set up in Wade's uh, driveway and did a live stream. They set up a live stream. Of oh, I saw a bit of that. Stuff. It was really cool. I did man. see a bit of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we did that. And... Um, and then, yeah, Record Bar, we're, we're scheduled to play at Lemonade Park. and um, Move that? Yeah. Okay. Right, we will. <laughs> yeah, it was rain. Let's, yeah. It was oh, pouring. The, it was terrible, a, the terrible rain is coming. It was horrible. That uh, was the mo- one of the most beautiful nights in Kansas City. Yeah, it was like yeah. the rain's coming, the rain's coming, yeah. the rain's coming. We better move it. We better move it. And that's and why venues don't let the bands move shows. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked about, again, Star Hanging But it was too, a blast. Like, that was like sort of end of pandemic thing for you know I mean it, of course it isn't the end obviously right and we knew that then but it really felt that was my first like oh man life is gonna go back to normal someday so yeah back to but, doing what you love yes yeah yeah and, you know yeah. I just asked too I think it's interesting talking to artists some of them are finding you know fonts of creativity during the pandemic with some extra time and other artists just they have no motivation no it's not art it's not writer's oh, block I, either they just don't yeah just i, not I would fall it. into the latter category there I okay i've been playing that much and you know sorry wade no no it's <laughs> gonna say so no new music coming well no, I mean, we like i don't so my, my one of my favorite things about the story around is i don't run the band mm. I, don't, I mean if someone wants to book us i go talk to wade or adam and they'll take you okay away. yeah okay um and so i love it because I, I mean i don't have time to do it
I was alright, I was alright, I was just fine. It was a night, it was a night in the half What what led to the first Crossroads music fest. I mean, it's been so many incarnations too. So Again, it was fascinating Gene going Simmons through. Simmons' autobiography is the reason that Crossroads Music Fest exists. <laughs> what? For real. Uh, Wendy and I were driving wow. to Colorado, and um, we just you know went to the library and got some you know books on tape, and we're list- I don't know why she picked Gene Simmons' autobiography, but maybe she's got a little thing for Gene. Yeah, you know? yeah, baby. I mean, who doesn't really? <laughs> um, I don't know. She got it because she thought I would like it, and I did. So we listened to it, and it basically laid out the. We we ended up turning it off when it was like, and then her mom walked in, you know. But but the first part of of the story is the business of Kiss that he and Paul Stanley were Kiss. They like they started the band. They'll always be Kiss. Everyone else would just be. You know, employees mm-hmm. and kind of like you in Starhaven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Again, sorry. <man. laughs> um, so, um, but basically, their first gigs. They, I mean, they had been in other bands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, we're gonna like when before they ever had their first gig, they were like, okay, this is gonna be action figures and you know, like they had the whole marketing plan. Brilliant. Right and so what they did was they would rent the biggest hall they could find and they would hire the biggest band that they could find put themselves right before the headliner and then they'd pay some you know up and coming artists as little as they could possibly pay them and so that they would you know gain the fans from both sides so mm-hmm. like a time honored way to put on a show mm-hmm. it, you know everybody wants that sweet yeah. time slot and um and that's just how they did. They did two shows like that, and then they couldn't find anyone that would follow them. And they were like, "We're not, we're not. You're spitting up blood and lighting shit on fire. And we can't follow that." <laughs> and so they've been headlining for like since their I think third show on. And I thought, well, what a great idea! I'll just put on a big show, and put it's over right around sundown, and then we'll gain the fans of all these other bands. So it was a completely ah, selfish endeavor. Ah, I, like, I see. How can I how can I get as many people to see it's over as possible? Let's put on a music festival. <laughs> That's pretty much what we do with Genius. our shows, Bill. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not, right. I mean, it's not, I, it's not new. It's just that's festival. where I learned it from was Gene Simmons' wow. autobiography. Okay. <laughs> I still haven't listened to the whole thing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that you're missing my I, mom. Right, I'm mom you know, yeah. Okay. I see him on TV now sometimes. I'm like, oh, geez, dude. And then, I mean, you cash that check. This was, <laughs> and this is 16 years or 17. So we're talking about 2005. This is 2005, yeah. That I, I moved, we, my family and I, we moved here in 2005 from Japan. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I hit that first, but probably the second or third. You obviously had enough relationships with other artists where you could find some people. But I mean, it wasn't just three bands. You started with. Well, no, it was eight. The first one was eight bands. And it was so we, the first festival was where Crossroads is now, the, the wood chips. Okay. So Stretch was like, I was just driving by that, like. Man, I'd seen that. Yeah, Stretch used to store his sculptures there, mm-hmm. uh, like great big tall sure. things. And uh, and I was like, man, that'd be a cool place to play. Should you know? So I see him sitting there. I'm like, hey, man, can I like let's? I'd like to put on a show in here sometime. And he's like, we've been talking about building the stage, 
And I said, let's do it. So yeah. they, they built a kind of a, you know, we'll call it a stage. Mm -hmm. Four legs and wood on the top. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the day of show, they were like cutting trees down to make sure that people could get in, loading their gear. It was yeah. definitely like, let's all pitch in together and make this fun make thing happen. happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so we did it there for several years. Um, then it became Crossroads and, you know, it's a more expensive place to do a show. Yeah. But uh, the so, title and, was and like, always Crossroads Music Fest, though. Yeah, yeah. Who, do you, who were the original artists? Not to put you on the spot. Oh man, you're eight. Um, it kicked off with the Down Trunks, which is my buddy Ryan's band. Who this is oddly enough, I live like four houses from him right now. Okay. Yeah. The Down uh, Trunks. The Down Trunks. Um, American Catastrophe played that one. Okay. It's over. Of course, was the Shining Light. Right. Uh, there's a band called I that was awesome. They were one of the headliners. Um, oh man, That's it's terrible. okay. It's okay. I don't think I think maybe the second year I went. I architects, the architects played the first one. Did I see them at Crossroads Music? I I know what you're talking about though at Grinders though. We were talking about um Ernie Locke, who I know from the Sin City Disciples, but he had a mm -hmm. band Nervous Turkey that seriously just set up shop in the middle of the wood chips. There was no stage then. Was that 2006? Huh. Well, so it, it just kind of grew, right? You yeah. We need to so go to another venue. I mean, like for the, like the third year, we're like, let's go big and we'll do three days. We did Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Sunday was the first day of football season. Oh. And I don't watch football. Uh-huh. Whoops. Yeah, note, note to all you producers out there. Right. Football takes over Kansas City, whether it's a home. I, I knew enough to look and see if it was a home game and it wasn't. So mm -hmm. I was like, cool. But it was no the matter. first day. Of, no. It yeah. Was, yeah. No matter. You got anyway, to so slightly pay attention to those yes, bookings sometimes. Yeah. See what's going on at Sprint Center. See what's at Record Bar, Lemonade Bar. I mean, I always check out. Completely your, hear you. Know, it's it, it's a nice to think that oh, there's no competition out there. We're all in this together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, but it's it's grown. It like up until it, I brought it to KKFI in 2014. Um, it grew like into a multi-venue sort of wristband, gets you covered to all the mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. um, and then you don't have to worry about weather as much. So we, you know, over the years we'd had some outdoor stuff and a lot of, mostly indoor. Crosstown Station moved to the neighborhood. That was mm -hmm. a big help because it was, you know, more right size for the amount of people yeah. that were coming. And, now it's and, a church. Uh, now it's a church. Always, Man, have you always done? Across it. I was in there like a year ago or two years ago, rather. It's still all they did was tear out the bar. Yeah, there's still like the, the stuff on the floor, the guy playing guitar is still there. They just put like a weird altar up, it's weird. same stage. They put it, but they it means a church, so they. Dropped a dime on the sound system, man. Yeah, that, Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas City's of a certain generation just lament the closing of that place. A very short do. lifespan. Have you always been at Cheers the brick? To you, Chip. Mm. <laughs> Have you always been at the brick? Um, the, not always. Or, no, so the third year is when we sort of branched out of away from just okay. a single venue, and so it's been at the brick ever since then. Okay. Okay. So 2007, I guess that would have been. Bill, geez, any um, yeah. like incredibly memorable moments or like oh, inglorious man, moments man. you want to share um, here real fast? Because that's a long. Oh, I don't know, man. Crystal Warren in 2019, that was pretty sweet. I saw that. Yeah, that was. I remember um, her so walking across the, the. That was the first time I saw her play. Was at the music festival. Oh, um, is that right? Yeah, because my buddy Scott Burnett and I like teamed up one year, um, and had yeah, who's headliner? I think he got. Um, I'll think of it in a minute, but 
but he knew Crystal and was mm-hmm. like, oh man, you don't know her. Oh, you've got to get her. And so I booked her band on the main stage for Sunday and then her solo in this place called Gorilla Theater that used to be right down the street from, mm-hmm. from Grinders. Um, that was 19 or 18? No, this was, was 18. Like 2003 or something oh, like that. okay. Uh, but so... But she blew my mind, man. It was in this mm-hmm. hot brick building with no AC. And, yeah. Oh man. And but it like it was packed. No, I mean that's why it was so hot. There were so many people in there mm-hmm. because she was just blew my mind, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. There's yeah, so that many, will never so stop. Many amazing. Things, okay. Twenty fourteen, you started at KKFI. Yeah. That was, you said, like, marketing volunteer coordinator? Was like uh, a events dual... coordinator oh, and volunteer coordinator, yeah. So, okay. you know, putting on events to raise money for the station or, you know, market or table at events, whatever, and then uh, volunteer coordination. Had you left the scales position? That was the or... job I took when I quit the scale company once I got the job. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, had they approached you or were you looking to do something? Oh, no, they just posted something? the job. And I, I mean, I was, like, I had, you know, applied for a job at the American Royal a couple of weeks before that and didn't get mm-hmm. it, you know, um, stuff like that. So I was already looking for a job putting on events. Okay. I was like, here's something I'm good at. Because I didn't, I did not enjoy the other, the scale job was just money. Right, you know? right. And I was also like leaving, you know, I, most of that job started at 7 a.m. wherever on the planet you were supposed to be. And mm-hmm. then you got off at five or six or whatever. And so, you know, the paychecks were good, but I was not seeing my kids growing up. Got that you. was really the, the root of it. I was like, I got to find something else that I enjoy that I can, you know, have better hours. In. And you must have had a good relationship with people that were working there already. Yes, just, yeah. I mean, I had, over like, the they, years. we had done trade outs and okay. sponsorships and I'd buy underwriting sometime, you know, depending on how much money I could raise and sponsorships okay. and stuff. Okay. So, yeah, I knew a lot of the folks there. Mark Manning was um, the one, I think, who told me, hey, Bill Claus is retiring. And I went, what? That's my job. I think that's. I think I said those very words. Like that was Bill there. Bill Claus. I don't know if you know Bill's Bill wife Judy yes. was a librarian at Academy Lafayette. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. And I only met him. A, oh, they're such yeah. a nice couple. I've only met him a few times over the years. So he so, was the events and volunteer coordinator. At the is time. that right? Yeah. yeah. He okay. Oh uh, man, there's not. There wouldn't be KKFI without Bill Claus. Is I that right? He did so much work over the years. So, wow. You know, I'm gonna have to reach out to her I think yeah yeah she (laughs) um and then that led to the development director position Mm -hmm. like four years ago July right yeah okay sounds right yeah tell us why KKFI needs a development director as a community radio station you want to give that pitch real fast (laughs) because well um yeah that development's not going to direct itself right that's why just let me say this real fast too I had listened to KKF over the years, but I couldn't really listen as a school teacher during the day. Um, and a lot of the programs that were interested were during that time. Mm-hmm. But then they started to archive them. Yeah. And yeah. I would go back in my not really free time as a school right. teacher and listen yeah. and just started to realize, you know, there's just a handful of stations in Kansas City that I can rely upon about finding out about local music, new music, yeah. music discovery. And knowing how many programs KKFI has, like 80, Mark always wrote like 83. It's a little over 80, yeah. I mean, it, it vacillates, but I, I want to say it's 87, but I'm, I'm not 100%. It's just, I'm, I'm going to defer to Mark. And it's say 83 because it's, yeah, it's just amazing the service yeah, that you yeah. offer. It's, and it's about 35 people, volunteers every week right. that, that go in there and put on a show or record one and send it in. Most of it is sitting in that in that room, though. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, and then when someone asks me, like, well, what kind of station is it? They expect me to say a country station or a bluegrass station or a rock and roll. I'm like, oh, man, it's all over the place. It's, it's a buffet. Every two hours, it's a completely different radio station. It's a so, buffet. Yeah. Wednesday is the one I always mention it just blows me away, mm-hmm. of course, with Mark Manning's program. Yeah, for sure. But Groovy Grant that day, yeah. Art Speak Radio, Radio and I Wake yeah. Up with Democracy Now. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, it, it's, it is... Uh, smorgasbord of what's going on. I mean, mm-hmm. we specifically try and put shows on the air that um, that serve communities that aren't being served, whether it's local music or, um, you know, social justice and, um, you know, the ecosystem. I mean, there's all like this. There's no um, end to things that people aren't talking about, but that's where we try to mm-hmm. go to is the places where there's no one talking about it. Yeah. So it's for the community by the community exactly. but they're also very real finances yes right and so that's where a development director comes in so I run the on-air fund drives grant writing um, and so they didn't really replace the events coordinator so I still do some of that just gotcha. to a much smaller degree I mean we just there's only one of me so you know we just cut way back on events basically until we can you know get somebody else in that position but um, you've got spring and fall funding drives we do three full-on fund drives a year we do a um February, June, and um, October. And then we do a year-end. Oh, okay. You're right. You do have the one in October. Yeah. Okay, so three times a year. Yeah. And then one of your biggest fundraising events is Crossroads Music Fest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's our... I mean, it's also... I mean, it does make us money, and and we... You know, that's one of the reasons we do it for sure. But if, if you said, Bill, what's the best way to spend your time to raise that amount of money it's not putting on a music festival right it's you know it'd be writing grants or you know but it's the uh, i mean it's a huge marketing piece for kkfi too yeah and that it's outreach to the community we actually uh we because because we are a 501c3 we can reach out to the grant funding community and um and sponsorships and we have other you know things to offer other than just your logo on the mm-hmm. banner you know? so um so that all of that stuff works out to where we can put money in artists pockets we can you know um hire sound engineers and live stream folks and um and especially right now i feel pretty good about being able to do that yeah i was fortunate enough to um visit mark back in june and and hosted for one of those segments or kind of yeah, co-host yeah. with him for a segment and I would just say to our listeners, um, and I, I donate to some other stations here in Kansas City, you know, being a sustaining member is something mm-hmm. that I really appreciate. Uh, I don't have to worry about it. It just comes straight out of my checking account or whatever account I think I have. Um, and something I think you've started recently, even the past couple of years, is sending me a nice little email to say, hey, you know, this is your deposit number 25 and we really appreciate you it makes me feel good bill like right you know we're well, helping i'm glad to hear that Thank yeah you. we're helping you know keep the not just the lights on there but you know so many good programs and supporting so many artists and hosts and it's something i look forward to you know wow. knowing yeah i'm a sustaining member as well and i get i get my own same email do it, it does feel oh, from you right yes, yourself. i get one from myself to myself <laughs> It's real meta. I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I mean, it's I same thing. I, there's very few things that I see come out of my bank account where I'm like, yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah. one of them for sure. And <laughs> I also support other radio stations. Here sure. That, you know. And for those who don't know, I mean, most radio stations are just owned by huge corporations these days. And they yeah. pretty much give you the same kind of programming day in and day out, which some people like. And that's just fine. Sure, yeah. 
But if, get you, on you. but if you want actual like a curated experience, then check out KKFI or The Bridge or KCUR. One KC Radio is another cool one. Love it. Yeah. All four of those, Bill. Great. Back to Center Cuts. We are still here with Bill Sundahl, Development Director at KKFI, also the founder of Crossroads Music Fest. Bill, you still breathing? I am. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we tried to follow the timetable here. Chris, you doing all right on time? I'm doing great. Um, and we ended up talking about a bunch of stuff off air, but we, we basically just talked a little about Bill's, we talked about our calendar, a little about Bill's life growing up. Tell me your hometown again. Myrtle? Um, like Myrtle Beach? Yes. Okay, I'm going to go not, home not and learn everything not as, about it. Not <laughs> as much going on. It's not, it's not as well populated. And then Thene? Oh, no. Thayer? Oh, Thayer. Where? Thayer. Where? Oh, got you. <laughs> Talked a little bit about his early life and then uh, not exactly sowing his oats, but doing what young people do and just getting out before settling on Kansas City. Uh, his time getting into the music community here, industry, as well as his job scaling or being in the scale, the scale tech. in the scale business, <laughs> yeah, right. what led him to start everything from the Donkey Show to several bands to Crossroads Music Fest, and then finally his involvement at KKFI. And really appreciate you sharing, Bill. It's been oh, a sure. pretty joyous time learning about you. We'd like to now ask you what you like about Kansas City. Uh, doesn't have to be music related. No, anything on your it, love it, love it, list? It's I, this is I don't know if this sounds stupid or what, but it's people. Like mm-hmm. There's this I don't know I think one one way I heard it put it was this guy from St. Louis I met one time he was like dating some girl from here so I didn't know any he he or the girl um, and I'm sure he know, he's never thought about this again in his life but um, he said man this is crazy like I, I'm from St. Louis but everybody here is from Kansas City and I went what? <laughs> I've been to Overland Park. I've been north of the river, like visiting her family, and just you know, mm-hmm. I met him at Anton's down in the crossroads. Oh yeah, and um, and he was like, everywhere I go, everyone's from Kansas City. In St. Louis, you're from St. Charles, or you're from St. Louis County, or you're from St. Louis proper, mm. you're like some little town, or uh, it's like everyone is like designates themselves as their little piece of the land that they're on. But he goes, everybody around here is from Kansas City, and. I was like, yeah, yeah, we are. Adopted, you know, probably adopted too. I mean, you've been here 20 plus years. Yes, yeah. yeah. Do you do you and your wife ever, had you ever talked about getting out of here? Sounds like you did some traveling. Um, well, yeah, when she moved around quite a bit, she's she's a world traveler. And, um, I, well, I don't know. No, we, I'm not in a serious way. Yeah. And we you, talk about it like, oh man, it'd be great to 
live in Colorado. Of I mean, course. You know, every time we go somewhere great where you're on vacation only having fun, God, it would be a great yeah. to live here. With decent weather. New York weather. City would be amazing. Yeah. Every time, I, it's a hard plane to get on. Leaving New York, New Orleans, uh, anywhere in Colorado. It's right. hard to come home. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, the, I mean, it really, I, it's the people around here. I mean, there, it's there's not... I, there's, you know, it'd be stupid to say there's no clicks here or everybody you know but people mostly work together Aaron McGrain I think you guys know Aaron oh sure she yeah. um, I don't know she called me and asked me somebody's contact info one time years ago and I was like oh yeah it's you know so and so here's the there's the number and uh, and she was like oh man like in LA that would not happen mm. like people were like nope mm. you gotta get your own contacts you do your own territorial hustles. I did my hustle and this is you know Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because it's such a more competitive scene. I don't yeah. know. But like, but that doesn't happen around here. Yeah. If somebody asks you for my phone number, give it to them. I, you yeah. Know, I mean, well, within reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe my work number. Sorry. My work number. No, I'll never forget moving here. I mean, I'm from Kansas City, but I moved away, moving back from Japan. And uh, I'd gotten a bike. But I didn't have a, I borrowed a friend's bike, but I had a lock for it. I remember going to the dime store in Brookside, and uh, they didn't have they didn't have a lock. But mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, but you can go like right up the street to this other place, and like like you know, telling me to go somewhere else and spend my money. And I was like, oh, I'm back in Kansas City. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's not how it worked yeah. in Tokyo when I lived in the Bay Area. How your daughters are again nine, nine seven, and 11, oh, nine and eleven. Yeah. I mean that's another consideration too. You, they're settled oh, sure. here. I mean this is they, they were them. born around here and, and uh, yeah. I yeah. mean they've you know they've got their friends and and uh, their community. And, they're definitely yeah. it's the Midwestern. Again, my wife's sure. Korean. She feels it. Like people are just you don't say hello to people in Seoul when you're walking down the street. You look at you're like some serial killer. You know it's not. <laughs> No, Seoul a little bit, yeah, not I mean, Tokyo. I like Seoul a little bit. People, when I'm walking down the sidewalk and they drive by, I'll just throw my hand up, and sometimes they wave back, sometimes yeah. they don't, and you know. But like in Myrtle and there, if you, like you wave at everyone when you meet them on the road, and everybody, of course, you know, you got your your own little however you wave. I don't know. Of course, but, um, I don't know. That's just sort of how okay. it was, and so that's how I grew okay. up, I guess. But. challenges is that people are so nice genuinely nice <laughs> that they don't want to tell each other when something 
is not good or right uh, well, or not working the right way. So like, man, you run a that lousy doesn't. show, dude. You show you, your lighting stuff's not set up on time. Your stage crew sucks. They're back there slacking on the job. I mean, right. I'm curious. Well, I mean, that is a definite problem in, in any industry. If, if people aren't willing to say you're bad at this, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people generally vote with their dollars over time anyway. And, you know, so band school go quit playing there or whatever i mean there's Good definitely point. venues in town where i'm like no i don't want that game. that is true but you know um that's true so i mean I, I think that that there could be some improvement there and if, if that kansas city kind or whatever is is a little too nice but I, you know see i just i'm just, I'm just no, see, so I, I don't know i don't want to talk bad about someone i do, I do think that's <laughs> Clearly, I'm part of the problem. Yes, you are. Actually, you're the crux of it, and that's why we brought you here. Put the spotlight on you. This is an intervention. Yes, actually, Chris, you can tell him. Yeah, Uh, we've gathered you here. Uh, My dog's here, uh, and he has something to say to you. As he walks out the door. He just left. I I mean, I guess that says it all. Is it because you don't have, like, developed parts of it? I'm just going to throw something like PR, for example, or like, you know, Media I mean, but press there are PR firms here. I mean, but do bands go hire them? Music rela- or music centric, I suppose, or focused right, on right. that. I mean, is that you don't have the person from that professional analytical aspect to say, I think "I'm the, not your friend. I'm your doctor. You're I, sick." Yeah, right. You so need to fix I, this. I think um, I want to say it was Enrique Chi that said this. That really, you know, sticks in my head is like you're not a musician. You're an entrepreneur. Oh, for sure. You're a, you're running a business, mm-hmm. and if you're not, then you're not being serious. If you don't look at it that yeah, way, right? And it's and it takes. I mean, sometimes it just takes someone saying that to be like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, then you need to either go to business school or find some mentor to help you, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe you already have business skills, but you haven't been applying them to your, you know, music career. Yes. I mean, wh- how, like. If, if we don't, as an industry in Kansas City, all begin to think like that, then we're just trading each other our five bucks back and forth. Yes. And that's and I say five bucks because that's like what it costs to get into a quote unquote local band show still sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's messed up. Mm-hmm. You're not valuing your own art if you're saying like, well, I mean, if we make 20 bucks tonight, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is it fine? No. How can you take that? You're like... Yeah, oh, we, but we got exposure, man. This is uh, this. Uh, These are I love both common conversations. This, uh, Chad Brothers, I, I, we were joking about exposure one time. He goes, "Man, you can die from exposure." That's one of my favorites. No, the point about being in, and I've heard Enrique say that, and a mm-hmm. couple other people. It's a common conversation we have with artists who approach us about, "I want to put out a single," or. What do you think about this or that? Or, you know, will you sign me straight up? Will you sign me? I'm like, well, let's talk about that. You know, what are you willing to do to take your career to where it is profitable? And you aren't hoping for exposure and getting $20 for doing up right. your time commitment to be there for five hours. Like, right. think about this. And I, I imagine we'll talk about that on Mixmaster next week. Like, yeah. what are you doing to find as many ways as possible to earn revenue to be able to pursue the art as a career, not because you love it and it's a passion. I mean, that's fine. That's good too. We want that. Sure. And and I will say this too: the people that are pursuing it as for fun are, yeah. um, you know, perfectly willing to play that show for twenty bucks because they're scale technicians or they work at KKFI. Yeah. Whatever. Like other you said, gig they've got. You're in kissing. And so you know, then that person becomes part of the problem. Okay. Of like, well, we were going to hire this band that's really great, 
but they're they cost us you know three thousand dollars, but we can get these guys for four hundred bucks, sure. or less, and they rock. And right, and they so were they were good enough to do the job for that whatever mm-hmm. that event was, and mm-hmm. so it's really a challenge to um, to mark your to mark your price up when you know gotcha when the rest of gotcha. the community is like not in on that. So I will say, jazz players in this town are great at that. Yeah, at, at going like, no, this is what it you, can you do this? No, you can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I charge this much money. Set the standard. Yeah, right. and they all stick together on it. And mm-hmm. I think that's and so I, I think I don't know exactly why. My guess at that is that most jazz players went to school and they have debt to pay out. Like they, you know, they look at it as a business. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm going to go and learn this craft so that I can go and make more money doing this thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, there's a wonderful jazz program at UMKC. There's oh, absolutely. At, um, um, KCK Metropolitan Community College. So, I mean, this town churns out great artists, um, but not all of the, all of us think about it as a business. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably part of the problem, too, sometimes with, you know, being Starhaven Rounders. Like, we don't always charge what we, you know, our corporate rates are not the same as other rates for, yeah. you know, some benefit or a, a friend's mm-hmm. thing or, you know, a venue we love to play at or whatever. So it's sort of... Um, yeah, I, I stumbled across like a, a post I made a couple of years ago about like the community sticking together and like talking to each other. I was like, you should talk about what you made at a show with other musicians. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you should always be talking to each other about what if you were booked at this place, how much what your what your draw was and how much you made just so that it it helps to know those things as a community to know like oh well maybe something weird's going on over here because I didn't make that much you know and we did this number of people you know those kind of things are important conversations to have just for like especially for people who are newer to it to know like you know what their what their worth is you yeah. know mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. right yeah and, and venues are used to doing that yeah you can say you should be able to say to a venue hey I want to see the numbers from tonight how many people came in here? How mm-hmm. much money did you make at the bar? Yep. Um, and what did what did we do for you? Yep. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, and, and that is a conversation you should have. And, and if the venue isn't interested in sharing that information with you and to having that conversation, then there's right. many Red other flag. places to play. Red <laughs> flag, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. And so, it, yeah, I mean, those are because that's how you determine your worth. When yeah. because when the next venue says, hey. I'd like to hire you for this gig, and you say we want this much money, and they balk. You can go, well, well, here's what we do. Right, exactly. This and and we haven't played twenty times in the last <clears throat> two months. Mm-hmm. We you know we space our shows out. I mean that's a tough thing too because if you want to play and make money in this town, you got to work. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't not challenge. play. You know, and for but you got to like think that stuff out. You can't like you, you're gonna play north of the river and then Lee Summit and then. You know, Gladstone, you know, like move it around so it's not hitting the yeah. exact same crowd. That's, that's a challenge for us as a label because, <coughs> in general, we're not making revenue from booking a show. I mean, we could ask our artists for a percent, but we need shows to sell our records and CDs. So we want them to perform as much as possible. Again, not every single day and not be on the road 365, but with the pandemic, right you know we're not asking people to get out on the road right now so let's try to find opportunities to play in kansas city but let's be north of the river 
let's do an indoor venue. Let's do a benefit. Let's do, you know, mm-hmm. some other thing. Sure. So it's not, you know, back to back. I feel like I kind of derailed <laughs> an answer I was going to maybe get from you before I jumped in. Is, was there something you had in mind? Like you think we need? Oh, no, I think, I mean, my industry? answer to that question is that everybody needs to, tr- um, artists need to treat their art as a business. And mm. and that's something yeah. that Kansas City can do better. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I both ends of this as like someone who books bands for a festival and plays music um, and also get the sort of random emails come to me at the radio station like hey man how can I get my stuff played on the air yeah go to the website it tells you all about how to do oh, it I, hear you. I mean I'm happy to forward that on like hey here's the link to that page and that's why we put all that stuff on the website so like that kind of um, it's it's a lot of folks so that also tells me like oh this person is hustling they are trying to figure yeah. it out and um, so that's like interviewing for a job. You go to the website to do a little due diligence and find out what they're all sure. about for your role yeah. into the Who's interview. Like you should have known. There, you, know, you just who, go yeah, and right. fill out the application. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I get, it's interesting because you're on. I wouldn't even say both sides on multiple sides here. Thinking about, for example, Crossroads and also Music. Also, just a Fest. music fan who That's, loves to go see shows. Exactly. And, and like, but I'd happily pay. Um, I mean, I'm fortunate, obviously, if I can say something like this. I mean, I'd happily pay. 20 bucks or 25 bucks for a ticket to see a great show you know I don't care where you live you can live in Gladstone or you can live in LA Mm -hmm. but put on a great show yeah yeah. I mean that's another thing that would you know let's keep going what else can we do better but I mean what are you presenting to the audience are you wearing your your shorts and t-shirts and sandals great Mm -hmm. if your fans are down with that and that works for everybody and that's the show you want to put on yeah I mean everybody's wearing their costume I'm, this costume I'm wearing right now is just one I pulled out of my right. dresser today everybody wears a costume constantly so mm-hmm. um, this is something I learned from Jamie Searle it's like he's, it's dragging kicking and screaming he got me to wear a suit the animal suits like no that was this is before <laughs> just suits like I would go thrift stores buy, shopping and buy suits and ties hell yeah and like black shoes and I mean we were of we course. always like tried to look sharp but I hate it I was like this is the stupidest Mm-hmm. And he just put it like this: If it's not a special occasion to us, why would they give a shit? Yeah. Oh, I. If love we're that. not even taking the time to even bother to look nice on stage yeah. or do something for like to put on a show. Mm-hmm. You can get what we're doing anywhere. Mm-hmm. If we're not going to do the extra, then mm. you know. I I'm so with you too on putting it the onus on the artist there to take themselves seriously. Yeah. Maybe not have serious music or have some, you know, meaning of life statement in their lyrics, but you know, you, you show up on time. Um, I'm thinking yes. about Crossroads right. Music Fest. You sent out um, some graphics and some things to promote on socials. I want to say about three weeks ago and you had, and again, I didn't get this personally, but the Black Creatures did and we're very good about sharing information. And there was even like a I, set time. I feel like I should have sent that to you now that you said that. Sorry. Oh, I trust Sorry, I'm, I'm in there. I'm in their email. <laughs> Calvin's too. Don't worry, Fritz. They have no idea. I'm freaking big brother. Well, it's because I want to make sure. Like, yeah, if, sure. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's read the agreement together. This is mm-hmm. when you're supposed to show up. How much are you getting paid? I try to help them remember stuff. I'm not, that's I'm just a little meticulous. Probably drives them freaking bad. Yeah, right, right. But to the point, you had like a synchronized campaign where you were asking the 35 plus artists involved to at this point, you know, do the first release and this and that. Yeah, so yeah. if you're listening to this and, and you're playing CMF this year or some year in the past and you didn't do that, 
you can do better. That's what we're trying to say. And I know how many people post. I didn't look at every single person. No, no was there. I, I, and I, it would drive me insane if I went. But I have other people do it. But that's so just I know it. Who you are. You're, you're getting this opportunity <laughs> to be in front of a bunch of people at a cool event to benefit right. a station that's relatively cheap admission price. It's exposure, and you're getting paid, and you can sell your merch and all sorts of other things. Yeah. And you can't freaking post until well, right. I mean, the and week of the show, you know, if that. But that's you know. I, when I'm booking artists, I look at that stuff too. Are, are they active? Are they, exactly. you know, is their last post three months ago or longer? Right. Then they're not, I mean, that's, and that doesn't, the yardstick, the only thing you look at is social media, but. It's important. I mean, well, these days it is important. You can see it. So if you want to get that show in Denver or in Omaha, they're going to go look and see what are you doing. Sure. You haven't posted in three right. months. You probably won't post about the show we're going to get you. So. Right. Yeah. Or you haven't played in three months and. Maybe that's a, you know... That's another, another issue. Thing. You know, I don't know. And maybe that's good. Maybe you're like, oh, the last thing they posted was the show, but you can't do... Be- yeah, Back in March. You're right. It's and, COVID. And, you know, and, and the reality is, like, you, you should be posting. I mean, it doesn't have to be about a show you just did or, you know, engage your audience. Like, that's... Yeah. I think that's the verbiage I put in the, in the information. Like, hey, share this. Mm-hmm. This is a way for you to, you know, have a touch point with your fans. Right. And let them know you're doing something fun. Right. Right. And, and be proud of what you've been able yeah, to do. Let people know. Sure. One of the cool things about the music festival is we specifically try to not do the same show over and over again. Um, and it's, you know, we're hashtag blessed with Kansas City artists. Uh-huh. It's like you, you can do that. You can put on a festival with 30, 40 bands and not right. have the same. I mean, it's not like there's no one playing this year that hasn't played it in the past. But um I mean, we really try to make it a new adventure every year, and it's so it it often is the first sort of big festival that a lot of artists play, mm-hmm. and so you know this may be the first contract they actually have to sign, or the first time someone asks them for a stage plot or yeah. an input list, and, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I mean, there's you know I want to do I've been talking to Nick about this for years and I forgot to bring it up this time it doesn't make sense to do it this year but what we need to do is have a mixed master session that is sound engineers and artists let's get together oh yeah artists need to speak their language they need to know Mm -hmm. about sound frequencies and Mm -hmm. I mean maybe not to that you know detailed uh, but you need to know what they do for you because if they're going to either make or break your show every night Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they don't know what they're doing, you need to know that before you go on stage so that you can go back there. Or if, you know, and same the other way, like the engineers need to understand that not every artist knows everything they yeah. do. Yeah. And so stop looking down your nose at us, nose at us sound engineers. Well, yeah. it's, I mean, it's another thing too, is like, I just think there's a misunderstanding of what, the, what they do. Like, I, I'll never forget this one artist I won't name, uh, but they were outside complaining about the sound guy because his patches on his music were awful and sounded bad. And he was standing outside and he's like, well, isn't it his job to make me sound good? I'm like, no, you're supposed to sound good and he makes you sound as good as possible. Yeah. That's his job. <laughs> There's no magic wand over here. Yeah. <laughs> Pixie like, dust. Yeah, it's not exactly yeah, how it works you, at yeah. all. Can you make this like, you just rewrite all this? In there. Yeah. <laughs> I need more reverb because I sound terrible. <laughs> Bill, this is this has been great, uh, oh, and I appreciate this you. This has been a blast. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that too. I do think it is tough sometimes for us. We're not calling people out. We're just saying no, hey, no. You're, it's you're just, I mean, these are just things that we've all noticed over time, mm-hmm. and 
you know yeah okay let's um again it's been a pleasure to have you let's just give one last reminder maybe people tuned in in the last mm-hmm. section Crossroads Music Fest September 11th yeah. year number 17 $25 they get all the information cmfkc.com that's right what and, am I missing uh, in there yeah and so it's four stages all outdoor um, and we will um, so the only and as far as you know COVID is still going on and and um, isn't that fun yes you yeah know, yes not, again thanks for me. moving into a safer well, yeah, situation. I mean, we're happy to do that. And then, uh, so we will be, well, every venue will have some masks available. And it's going to be outside, but we are going to ask folks to, you know, if you're with your clique, your group, your family unit or whatever, fine. No one's going to, you know, get in your grill about that. But if you're like in line at the bar and everybody's on top of each other, we're probably going to ask you to throw one of these disposable masks on, right. pull one out of your pocket. I mean, right. Everybody's carrying one around for the most right. part anyway. And, um, yeah, we and have just, stopped short of asking for uh, proof of vaccination, mainly because I don't have any way to really verify. That. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's I can make. Yeah, nevertheless, you know, everyone get get vaccinated yes, if you're not. Yes, get if vaccinated. You're seeing cases, Do it. Quite Let's a few be where, guinea pigs together. Right. This People. only works if we're all guinea pigs together. And uh, yeah, sorry if you don't share that point of view, then that's fine. But you're you, wrong. You can turn this thing off. <laughs> exactly, Bill. Love you. Um. We'll see you next. Uh, Chris, you will actually literally see Bill. I'll try to swing over to Lemonade because yeah. I'll be a parlor for a bit. Um, thanks for all that you do. Excited for another well, year. Right back at you. You two, support KKI. You two have been at almost all the great shows I go to. I know if I see either one of you two, I'm in the right spot. So, uh, Chris, you. I want to catch up later about this wrestling thing. I'm really intrigued. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I'm kind of bummed I missed that. Um, thanks for hosting us again, Atticus. Giving us the look. It's time to go. Kansas City, stay safe, stay strong. Peace out.